Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones, author of Reaching the Unreached, Becoming Raiders of the Lost Heart. <laughs> Cha-ching! And here I was going to start it by saying, and I got no commercial to play for you today. And you made a commercial! Spur of the moment. You know, when I lead small groups, Pete, I like, <laughs> do you notice how I got my, my commercial voice on? <laughs> when I lead small groups, I like to take people through reachingtheunreachedbook.com. Hey. And I showed you where to go. See what I did. And you can get both discounts. And it'll mobilize your church on mission. Speaking and of written by a really sexy church planner. Reaching the and unreached. Speaking of your, your book, um, we uh, by, by the way, I actually uh, I, I had to spend some time at the bar alone this week. And so I read <laughs> yet another chapter of your book. <laughs> you always read my book at the bar. I, I got to get tuned up before I uh... kind of no, no like no joke right like I did not hear this with Church Zero I would get people writing going dude you so perfectly put into words what I felt on this one I get people writing dude you wrecked me that book wrecked me <laughs> so yeah so uh, so that's actually I should have grabbed my uh, my iPad with all the notes in it and that could have been our topic for today but. At this point, I don't remember any of the things that I I, 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 I go through that. I don't remember what I jotted down. I don't remember anything I highlighted. Your iPad. It's in another room. And 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 the other (laughs) look at you. Please, can we talk about my book? (laughs) I'm still mulling our topic over. And and I didn't actually get through the full uh, the full chapter. 
I was I like, oh, you write such long chapters. It's too I long. Do not. I need another beer. It's too long. We were, we were on the way to uh, I do daddy daughter dates on Friday. And uh, Liberty reaches in the back seat, sees a box of the books and goes, can I give this to my teacher? <laughs> nice. I told her, well, that's 20 bucks, babe. <laughs> I'm teasing. I said, sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, – I had a reason for bringing that up. Now I forget it. But uh, I, I remember thinking, huh, I wonder, I wonder if her teacher reads that, if it will apply in any way at all to her. Like, you know, it, it is the kind of book that is – it basically tells you that you you don't got this. And uh, so tell me, what, what chapter are you on? Uh, chapter five, if I remember correct. Okay. I know I wrote it. <laughs> But I don't do numbers. <laughs> That's and I don't remember like I said, I don't remember what I was like highlighting. Oh, this is good, blah 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 blah. Was it Jerusalem? Was I, it the I, I Jerusalem? don't remember anything about Jerusalem. All right. What was it about? I don't remember what part of I don't have my Gosh. notes in front of me are you not getting? Yeah. Go get your iPad. Nope. Dang. I'm, I'm not I'm I remember not. when I was a kid. And me and my brother still quote this. We were at a birthday party, and uh, I was in kindergarten. And there, there were these kids that lived in my neighborhood. They're they're named Ricky and Juju. Yes, that was the little boy's name, Juju. And uh, I remember uh, going to his birthday party, and it was the best, man, because his aunt was there, and she goes, "Oh, Ricky, honey, happy birthday! I forgot your present." And he goes, "Well, go home and get it." <laughs> And uh, that's that's been like a classic line. That we'll go home and get it. I love it. It was rad. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, what's been going on with you this last week? Well, I can tell you, I am now in my apartment. So if you hear my daughter or my wife or whatever, I happen to be in in my apartment, not in my house environs. All my walls are torn down in my house. You can literally see through the front yard. To the backyard, um, and uh, the blower, the garden, the the air blowers are notorious. You guys don't have the the leaf blowers in like Pennsylvania. I'm I'm guessing, right? Like this is just a constant sound in California. Leaf blowing. We just blow dust around because we don't get a bunch of rain. And uh, I I don't know how this works, Pete. Like we change the time of the podcast today. We change the location of the and there's a leaf blower outside my window. It's just the way it works. It's just it's it's like a homing beacon for the podcast. Oh, you know, it's like when you used to watch Richie Rich as a kid and Richie Rich would get like into some like, you know, catastrophe or some weird situation. All of a sudden, like Irona, his robot maid would go ding, ding, ding. Richie's in trouble. And she would like go wherever he was. She'd go into like, you know, nuclear Irona robot mode. And that's how it is with the leaf blowers. They get a signal. Um, there's a central dispatch and it's like, uh, we're going to need you to go to, um, the apartment over in, uh, Carlsbad. Just doing a podcast. So, uh, good news. You're ignoring me. I am because it's a stupid story. Um, rad. I, I got to talk about the eighties. Good news. My, uh, my wife is not working tomorrow. So Petey gets to go to the gun show cause she's going to watch the kids. I just thought I'd throw that out there. 
Yeah. I was thinking you were going to say like, oh, my wife's not working, so we're going to go to breakfast and spend a little time together. Dude, you, you don't know? understand. I, we don't do that kind of thing because we got the two kids and no one to watch them. <laughs> so that becomes a miserable trip for us. Yeah, I got you. Going out to eat. It's not It's yeah. not fun. Yeah, I got you. So today I got the kids and uh, I'm I'm picking up my daughter from school and we're heading to Barnes and Noble. Which would what be like that? a snore fest for you. I don't understand what that is. What is it? It's a bookstore. And oh, we walk around to look at books. I thought it was like books. an eatery. It's pretty cool. And, you know, it's hard for me to go there because I got so many stinking books I'm trying to read through. And then we go to Cheesecake Factory and everybody gets to pick out what cheesecake they want. Ooh. So, you know, time with dad. When dad's got the kids, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, well, at least your kids like you. That's something I don't know. No, they from. like they like that I take them to the bookstore and have stories read to them and they get cheesecake. I don't know if they even know I'm there. Church Planner Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like I needed to kind of throw that in there, let everyone know uh, what they're listening to. By the way, we are going to get to some church planning goodness here in a a bit. This is, this is the part of the show we call smack talk. So um, it's like the Seinfeld episode of church planning, like the first 30 minutes it's the show about nothing. <laughs> and then the second half is like Friends. It's a show about everything. We were talking to someone yesterday that will remain nameless until contracts are signed. It was the best, man. And then we're talking about like we're we're working out a deal between the magazine, the podcast, this particular uh, organization. And it comes to the section of the agreement. We're going through the agreement, right? It comes to the section of the agreement, the podcast. And Peyton goes, well, look, we're not going to change the structure of the podcast. The first part's still going to be smack talk. <laughs> and I was just dying. I was like, that's right, buddy. That's how we roll. It's smack talk or die. That's, that's yes. it. Yes. You can, you can have smack talk when you pry it from my cold, dead fingers. If, if our listeners would say that same thing, that would be really cool. <laughs> it would be cool. You know, I, I think we probably scare away most of our first time listeners. They're like, these guys are lame. And you would be right for saying that and thinking that. But, uh, <laughs> it, it's always funny because when we start off, Pete and I aren't even recording and we're laughing and killing ourselves. Going, why aren't we recording going, this? Why am I not recording this? <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is I don't even remember what we were laughing about, but it was really funny. Yeah. So we got a review for the podcast, which, by the way, we love review guy reviews, guys. And if if you write us a review, all you got to do is go into Church Planner Magazine, the app, and in the uh, bottom right hand corner, there's a little settings button. Tap that, and then there'll be a link that says "Contact us here." Just tap that link. It generates an email, sends us an email, and go, "Hey, I gave you guys a review." And we're going to unlock some free stuff in the app for you. You know, one of those uh, $20 uh, programs that are in there or something like yeah, that. You know, we'll, we'll give you free stuff. We, we bribe, also, we bribe people leave, when they give us reviews. Yeah. Leave us a review as well on the, uh, on the podcast. Well, that's like what this podcast. was for. This was for the podcast. Oh. And the title is Love These Guys. It's from Speeny Nine. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Speeny Nine. <laughs> Carefully, Pete. Say it very carefully. Uh, As an aspiring church planner coming out of an established church ministry, this podcast has been such an encouragement. It also helps that these guys are real and honest about their own lives and experience. Thanks, Pete and Peyton, for this. I'm just, I was like, wow. 
I dig it. That was from the heart, baby. That was from the heart. Yeah. Real, raw, relevant. <laughs> what, what, is that? what is that? Like a, that a new book advertisement? Real, raw, relevant. <laughs> Reaching the other It range. will be now. Hey. Man, this leaf blower hey, is like blower. a thorn in my side. And, and and Satan gave me, or the Lord gave me a thorn in my flesh, a leaf blower to torment me. He's like right. The podcast is on my right. The window's on my left. I feel like, you know, there's leaf blowing in one ear. And like, anyways. Yeah. So, I'm annoyed. I can, you I know, can... Lloyd-Jones, Martin Lloyd-Jones, by the way, during World War II, was preaching Westminster Chapel, and a bomb was dropped from the axis. The Nazis dropped a bomb. It demolished the building across the street. Lloyd-Jones is in the middle of preaching, this bomb goes off, and he pauses, he looks up, and he keeps preaching. <laughs> and they asked him later, why did you do that? And he said, well, I, uh, I knew that if I panicked, everybody else would panic, and they'd run outside and evacuate, and they'd be in danger and probably die. So he said, I just made a conscious decision. I'm just going to keep preaching. If I stay calm, everybody else will stay calm, and I'll turn my attention back to the Lord. Boom. How rad is that? Mm-hmm. And I can't handle a leaf blower. You know, John Wesley, Pete, he had people climb trees while he's preaching and pee on him. <laughs> pee on him. I watch Naked and Afraid every once in a while, and there was a couple that almost got driven nuts by a monkey that went up in a tree and peed on them every night. And I can't handle a leaf blower. John Wesley, are you serious? Now I have to start watching Naked and Afraid. That's hilarious. Yeah, they they lovingly called him Monkey. It wasn't very original, but that's what they called him. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. So hey, gotta share this with everybody. I you know this was this was one of the things that uh, it really bothered me and. I, I want to be fair and careful in how I talk about this, but it kind of happened right before I um, was reading your book. <laughs> so that, that didn't, it didn't help when I'm reading your book after this happened. So uh, as we've shared before, I got a buddy. He's in, uh, he's in jail right now. Oh yeah. And um, so I had sent him a copy of your book. Yeah. I mean, he's like reading everything like crazy. He's a, a new Christian and, um, so he started asking me about baptism. Hey, is this something I should do? Blah, blah, blah. So we're having this conversation back and forth uh, via email. One of the, the few ways he's able to uh, communicate with the outside world. And, um, so there's, there's a prosperity gospel guy at the, uh, the prison, one of the inmates and, um, you know, typical prosperity gospel stuff, which according to my buddy, that's what all the inmates love to hear. You know, as soon as you get out of here, you're supposed to be rich and wealthy, and that's what God wants for you. And uh, and he's the guy who does the baptisms at the church or the church at the prison. So I'm like, hey, you know, well, maybe you can talk to, uh, you know, you, you mentioned there's these other uh, pastors that come in and stuff. And uh, I go, you know, the, doing a baptism is like a highlight for a pastor. They love that thing, right? So, I mean, if you went and asked one of those guys, I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, I'd love to do the baptism. And so, um, so anyway, he, he emails back to me and he goes, well, you know, and I haven't even been able to talk to that 
the other pastor that, that comes here. Cause he leaves so quickly. He literally leaves out the side door so he doesn't have to talk to any of the inmates. And I, I was, I was a little bit like bothered by that. And I gotta be fair in how I say this because I don't know what's going on in that other pastor's life. I mean, literally, maybe he's uh, maybe he's got to run to somewhere else. Maybe he's got to meet with someone. Um, I can't I can't judge the guy, right? I mean, he's going to a prison to preach, so he's already doing uh, more than I'm doing, right? Does that make sense? What I'm saying, I can tell you're reading something else. I don't know if you're following me at all. Oh, I'm on mute. Sorry, I'm following you. <laughs> So this is this whenever either I'm talking, but no words are coming out. Whenever either one of us gets on a roll, the other one just kind of tunes him out, mutes the line. All right, I'm going to go do this. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pipe something in over here. But anyway, it did, it did make me think. So as I've shared before, I'm trying to get involved with uh, uh, prison ministries, and so far I've been told that uh, uh, one of our our local prisons, the main one, um, they don't need any more volunteers because there's not enough uh, people who go to the the training session that they do inside the prison. So, uh, so it hit me, man. I think, I think what I got to do, I think I got to do something that I really don't want to do. And that is, I got to go to uh twin towers in LA, man. Really? Yeah. Do you know twin towers? No, let's put it like this. Ruben used to say, I was always trying to avoid that place. <laughs> like, oh, that's oh, not the okay. one you want to go to. <laughs> that's one of our church planters, Ruben Young. Yeah. Um, when he says he's trying to avoid that, he means um, it's not a fun he, prison. He, yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to live there. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that that's not a fun prison to go to. And uh, but unfor- some, some of our planters have been, let's say, connoisseurs of <laughs> prisons. <laughs> they've got in their lives before Christ. They've got ratings, right? They got their own little app. Can it's, you hear that? Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's right outside my window. <laughs> I really wish I, I had. Rebuke you. I really wish I had a train soundtrack right now because I'd play that. Just to this is cra- I have to mute myself. You have to keep talking. I, I go on without me. No, all uh, all I was gonna say is. Uh, the the only reason why I didn't want to go to Twin Towers is because it's so far. Like driving to L.A. on a weekday from where I live, that is prison. <laughs> that's a that's a whole nother kind of prison. But I think I'm gonna have to because it's like the only prison I can get into. So you live in a gangster's paradise, man. You live in a nice little spot, this little nook in Long Beach. Dude, that, uh, we've got a lot of. Uh, we have a lot of uh, burglaries here. Yeah, Tons. you do. Yeah. And every, it's because it's a nice area. Everyone comes yeah. here and breaks in. On the edge of Long Beach. Yeah. Technically in Orange County, but uh, but on the edge. But borders, like literally borders Long Beach. Yeah, it does. One of our, one of our borders is Long Beach, which is L.A. County. And... Uh, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that, that'll be something that, uh, that I'll be doing. But hey, I will throw this out to all of our listeners. If I kind of want to go with you. What up to uh, LA? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that to... was hell for me. That's like, I don't know. That's like the. Yeah, but that's the belly of the beast, man. There ain't no worse prison. No, not, one. not state run, you know, before like, uh, probably San Quentin. Yeah. I mean, down here, it's, yeah. it's definitely one of the worst. Yeah. I kind of don't want you to have that cool experience without me. Well, I don't even know what the experience will be, but I know the guy. Terrifying. I met the guy who's a chaplain there, and he's like, "Hey, if you wanna, if you wanna uh, come help out here, we just require that you 
uh, <laughs> sign up for a year and um, you got to commit to doing it at least once a month. Nice. I'm like, dude, I can suffer through that traffic once a month. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I could do that. But you know, you got to send them to Long Beach when they go, hey, chap, where, where do I go when I get out? You got to send them to us. I don't know. Or Ruben. Or Ruben. Yeah, definitely Ruben. Yeah. Well, they got Bonomo. He's yeah, but see, I still remember Ruben saying, yeah, when I started my church plant, I thought everyone was like uh, an ex-con like me. Because <laughs> then I'm talking to them all and getting their backstories. None of them are. Why are they following me? <laughs> but, out of morbid curiosity, Ruben. That's why they're following you. But morbid here's what I'm going to throw out there. If anybody is in Oregon and will go visit my buddy who's at Sheridan, uh, in uh, in Oregon, it's uh, the Federal Correction Institute in Sheridan. I will, uh, if you will be a pastor there, man, for at least the next two years, do it a minimum of you know one one service a month. You know, go in there, do your thing, whether it's preaching, whatever they need, because I'm sure there's a prison ministry there because there are pastors that go in there. I will give you anything of mine for my training. Like you want to come through Platinum Bible Inner Circle. $5,000 course, boom, it's yours. I will dedicate myself to helping you with your business, with your yep. whatever, to making money if you will go do that. Because I got a buddy up there yeah. who needs somebody. And uh, and I'm not up there. I'm down here in yeah. SoCal. And I'll, I'll throw in as well. I'll give you three hours um, consultation for your church plant, just one-on-one. Or with your team. Uh, uh, and I'll throw be, that in there. That, that'll be total, and that's after you've completed 24 months of service. And, oh, <laughs> Disclaimer. This contract. <laughs> Certain limitations. Do a oh we should actually get. Do we have you thought of your, your topic yet? Go get your iPad and I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm not getting my iPad. I don't, I don't like, know where it I is. Pa- I ain't hitting the pause button. It's too much editing. <laughs> it okay. is. All right. All right. I got you. I feel your pain, dog. So uh, next week, we know what the topic is, though. You're going to read another chapter. i got to read the rest period, of this chapter. Then we're going to come on here again. Yeah. And, so, and if you're wondering. Oh, by the way, uh, David Thompson's up there in Oregon, too. I did actually. I Googled how far he is from it. The thing is, he's pretty far. He's like three and a half is hours. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. It's kind Sun of River to, to Sheridan's like three and a half hours. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, so that's why. How close is he to a town called Tigris or Albany, Oregon? I, you know, it's it's like in between Salem and Portland, but just like closer to the coast. So, so one of my mentors, the guy who first discipled me in ministry, lives up in Albany. I don't know. Yeah, that's not too far. It's pretty close to Salem. I think he's on the I five corridor going up to Oregon. So. Uh, and he would go like he he's done prison ministry back when he was down here. So he would go. He's pretty down to earth. So what was funny is uh, so, so he wouldn't want your Bible in a circle training, though. Yeah, I know he doesn't, <laughs> which is cool. Hey, that'll save me five grand right there. <laughs> <laughs> and me three hours because he'd be like, come on, Peyton, you're going to consult yeah, with me for three hours. Uh, I kind of trained you. <laughs> oh, now I forgot what I was going to say, but it was going to be pretty funny. So forget it. I, I can't remember anymore. All right. Well, uh, so today's topic, you know, we're, wait, we're wait, in the wait, month wait, of wait, 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 wait. Uh, church Planner Magazine. 
Okay. No sponsors. No sponsors today. No, you're supposed to do 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 oh. do Regal. Okay. All right. Hey, church planner. Should I get my church? <laughs> you know, when I. <laughs> and we wonder why we can't keep a sponsor. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> So, guys, if you're looking for a place to meet, you can meet in a community center. You can meet in a school. That's great. But you can also meet in a movie theater. The Regal Cinemas family is offering that church planners rent their movie theaters in Sunday morning before the rush hour traffic for movies happens on the weekends. In order to check this out, uh, you have to go to uh, corporateboxoffice.com forward slash <laughs> theater church that's theater t-h-e-a-t-r-e dash church and if you check that out they have a team of four oh, former who church thought planners. of their url <laughs> we so have to change this for i'm gonna go to GoDaddy and buy them a new, <laughs> a new handle and sell it to them at thousands of dollars i've got my pinky in my mouth right now like uh, dr evil thousands of dollars and uh anyways so you can check that out guys check it out some of our guys some of you listeners have already done it and worked out a deal with them um it's one of the coolest ways to get involved in your community at a hub which is kind of what paul did now you are sitting in theater seats but the cool thing is is that you could meet and actually start a cinema uh critics film critics club that meets there and meets one that to me that is missional engagement. In fact, it's funny, Pete. I actually was talking a few months back and kind of really consulting with them to say, "Hey, here's how you really make it applicable to these church planners to help them to actually reach our community. It's not just renting the place on a Sunday. It's the stuff you do in the week there. It's even more important. So check that out, guys. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing in the middle of my commercial. It's corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater. Remember, that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. That's right. Cool. So uh, on with today's topic. Well, we are in the month of January right now, and that means everybody's like hitting the gym and trying to eat right and get up earlier and not yell at their kids as much. Pete, I'm looking at you. And also keep goals. So this is the time, if you remember a few months ago, everybody was after you to get their planner. Everybody's talking about goals or webinars, seminars, get my email, get my free videos, blah, blah, blah. Well, Really, forward planning is essential. Like, here we are in January. You guys already need to be thinking about Easter. If you're not thinking about Easter right now, you're kind of blowing it, right? These are the big days. And I know there's some people that go, hey, big days, you know, that's stupid. <clears throat> cool. Tell that to God because he decided to do something really cool on a big day in the Jewish calendar known as Pentecost or the Feast of First Fruits. You know, there's this little thing that happened, you know, Holy Spirit dropped like a bomb and Peter got up and preached a sermon and 5,000 men, not counting women and children, came to faith. Kind of a big deal. So big days I thought it was are 3, kind of something. Huh? I thought it was 3,000. What did I say? 5,000? I thought you said five. Yeah, I meant three. But Sorry. I don't know. I already tuned you out and started You're right. It was three. On Facebook. No, I was wrong. I was just... Uh, testing you to see if you were paying attention or tuning me out. Yeah, that was it. 
And uh, anyway, so 3,000, yes. And, uh, you know, so here's the thing, guys, is God used strategically a big day, a place where people would already be there. There was still the Passover crowd, but it was a feast day. And so Peter goes to the temple where people were already ready gathered there. And so here's the deal. Is those big days are going to be strategic, but you have to forward plan. Um, it was uh, Dwight Eisenhower, the Operation Overlord commander um, during World War II, which was the amphibious uh, land assault. Uh, that basically changed the course of World War II when the Americans got involved at D-Day. He said to fail to plan is to plan to fail. So a lot of these goals and a lot of these planning tools are literally to help you strategically impact better. So I am a list builder. I am an organizer. I am a schedule nut, a schedule geek. I can't tell you how much I stare at my calendar and forward plan. So I'll have people say, hey, how do you get this stuff done? And, you know, it, I don't think I'm the busiest or most most productive person on the planet. I definitely am not going to pretend to be. Um, but I do think that, you know, um, you know, according to the, the, the strength finder, I'm an achiever. I like finishing tasks. I like I get a charge. I get a jolt out of uh, finishing projects or accomplishing things. So I'm kind of like an accomplishment junkie. That doesn't always mean that it's the things I need to be doing or, you know, it doesn't mean that I always have priorities right. And so forward planning, um, setting goals, all those kinds of things are a way for you to come aside and say, what do I need to achieve? What do I, first off, it starts with calling. What do you think God's calling you to do? And so today I want to kind of help you to think through uh, being strategic in how you plan. Because like I said, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. You're already planning. You're just planning not to really do as much that you could have had you stopped and planned. So uh, what I love about, you know, the book of Acts is even Jesus, um, starts off telling the apostles what they're going to do. So if you ever want to understand the breakdown of the book of Acts, Jesus, you know, tells them, Hey, the spirit will fall. This is, let me tell you the plan, right? Cause they go, Hey, Lord, at this time, are you going to, you know, uh, restore the kingdom to Israel? And he goes, Hey, that's none of your business. Th- those times and dates are known only to the Father. Let me tell you what is your business, kingdom expansion. And then he goes, Uh, so here's the plan. Spirit's going to come. He's going to fall. And, uh, you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. That's a plan. Like that is a strategic structural outline. And the book of Acts, by the way, follows that paradigm. It literally follows that trajectory. It starts off in Jerusalem, first few chapters, start off in Jerusalem. Then in chapter, I want to say where I'm at, eight, seven and eight goes to Judea and Samaria. Uh, when it starts with Paul's persecution, it spreads up there. Then in chapter nine, you have Saul's conversion, which is the start, really the hinge in Acts, where it starts talking about the Gentile world because it's calling the apostle to the Gentiles. So that's the ends of the earth part. And uh, then chapter ten is Peter, how Peter got called to the Gentiles, and they included the Gentiles. And then the rest of it is to the ends of the earth. How did the gospel eventually get to Rome, which all leads? 
roads lead to. So what I'm saying is there was a plan, right? God literally told him this is what's going to happen. Even way back when he calls Abraham, he does the same thing. He goes, this is the plan. I'll bless you and you'll become a blessing and then you'll bless uh, the world around you. And that's that was the plan. And of course, we don't see that fulfilled really because Israel failed miserably in partnering with God in that plan. And then when the gospel comes, the plan is taken up, just like, you know, the law which failed to bring about the righteousness of God. Jesus picks it up through the gospel. Like everything gets redeemed and picked up again. So there's just some underlying theology there. But again, a God always comes with a plan when he appears to Paul. This is like my apologetic. I don't know why I'm beating this dead horse, but he comes to Paul and he says, Hey, Here's your ministry. From now on, you will open the eyes of the blind. You will go to the Gentiles. You will do this. And he gives them the plan, like what his calling is. So always when you start with um, planning, you start with what has God called you to do. So this year, and it's different for me every year, uh, you know, usually I follow guys that I think, hey, I could learn from that dude. He gets a lot of stuff done. So one of those guys is Michael Hyatt. And by the way, I'm not in any kind of contract with Michael Hyatt to push his stuff. Um, I just have paid attention to him for a long time. So this year he came out with a full focus planner. And he but, also had. But let's just throw out there, Michael Hyatt, we'd love to be on a contract with you to promote your stuff. We need oh, another dude, he'll sponsor. Do affiliate links like crazy. No, 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 no. no I want a paid sponsor. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can reach out, Pete. You, you know. So here's the deal, though. Um, he did best year ever. He did living forward, and he did full focus planner. <laughs> because <clears throat> what Michael Hyatt knows is everybody wants to accomplish more. Like everybody has, I would say, that thing that they want to do. You know, like like Pete. You know, he's a marketer, but. What he really wants to do is help church planners, right? Like that was the thing he wanted. He wanted to do something of eternal significance. He also has wanted all his life to perform at least once on stage in front of a thousand people doing ballet. Now, so he's got these no, two things. I said belly dancing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would be so rad! I, are you sure it's not that thing where you put a hat on the upper well, part of your body? And you I am speaking in exponential. Your belly button like lips and whistle. I am speaking in exponential, so I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is wear a tutu, <laughs> belly dance. Oh, the veil, the veil. You got to wear the veil when you belly dance. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyways, that is a horrific thought. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. But um, where was – I can't – I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> you were talking about things that I've always wanted to oh, do. So everybody has that. So Michael Hyatt comes along and says, hey, let me help you achieve what you want to achieve. But it starts with the calling of God. What is God calling you to do? And so what, what Hyatt suggests – and I have yet to meet someone who has done this. Go away for a day, he says, and determine – what your calling is. Well, recently I had to do this. You know, my mentor, uh, recently in my life is a guy named Mac Lake. And I remember telling him some, some opportunities that, that were coming my way and just some cool things that were shaken down. And he, it helped me to impact, you know, uh, excuse uh, money, you, by the way, we'll, we'll just go. Oh, did I burp? 
Did you hear that? Oh, only on only on the podcast. I mean, you know, it's a high class it was an pol- accident. You this know how, is like, one of our those burps where you're talking, it sneaks out. This is one of our better episodes. That's all I can say. There's no doubt. <laughs> if you're listening, you're like, oh, they must be having an off day. No, this is really good today. <laughs> a really good episode. So, um. <laughs> Which I so wish we had Stetzer's quote. What are you guys like? A couple guys hanging out in mom's basement drinking beers. Remember that? Talking church planning. He said that to us right before he quit ever coming on our podcast. That Uh, is true. I'm not, I'm not going back on that guy's podcast. Nope. Nope. Never again. (laughs) Or Yancey when I came in. Uh, And he was like, what? Philip. The name is Philip Yancey. Not our best moments on the podcast by any means. Anyway, so going back into this, um, so, you know, he says go away. And so I had to do this recently where um, Mac Lake was like, look, you got to think, what do you want to leave behind to the church? Like, what's what's the legacy of your calling? You know, what impact do you do you think God wanted you to make? And it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like, oh, I want people to know my name, shout my name and give me goodies. It's not what I want. Is what has God called me for? Like Paul makes a statement where he says, um, I want to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. When Paul talks about that upward call, um, there was something that Paul felt that he was supposed to accomplish. And we get a glimpse into that when we come into Romans 15, where Paul says, Therefore, I have fulfilled my ministry that from Jerusalem to Illyricum, I have preached the gospel. So Paul felt he had fulfilled. He had taken hold of that for which Christ Jesus had taken hold of him when he appeared to him on the road and said, I'm going to make you a light to the Gentiles. You're going to open the eyes of the blind. Paul felt he had accomplished that in his sphere, which we would all agree he did. In fact, he was a stud. Right. Um, very few people have approached anywhere near accomplishing what Paul accomplished, especially against such hard circumstances. So when you look at that, you got to look at your calling. So I did the thing. I think I mentioned to you guys um, that I used something called the vision frame that Will Mancini in a book called Church Unique comes up with. And so a lot of guys like if you're going through NAMS training, part of what we train in the Sin Network training is we'll take you through this and we'll say, what is the mission? Like, what has God called you to do in that city? Are you reaching the lost and the broken? Like, in in Refuge Long Beach, we're going after the marginalized. We're not going after the rich people. There are rich people, B. Mitchell, in Long Beach. And we could go after those people, but God didn't call us to do that. We knew from day one we are going after the marginalized in, in Long Beach, the people that nobody's going after. We want to plant in the neighborhood where people don't right away think, oh, I should plant there. Um, we want to reach people that are one stop away from hell, right? One hair's breadth between life and death, as David said. That's where we're at. So um, that was our, our, our mission. It was a unique mission. Well, um, so when you do a vision frame, if you want to read Church Unique, you can learn all about the vision frame. But but I had to come up with a mission statement for my life. Like, what is it God's called me to do? Have you ever thought of that? Like, what's your mission statement? What are you what do you what did God put you here on planet Earth to do? So for me, um, my mission statement is to glorify God 
and make disciples by equipping the next generation to reverse the decline of the church through reformation and revival. Church planting is just a part of that for me, right? Church church planting is kind of included in that to reverse the decline of the church. But I don't want to do that without reforming the way people think and seeing revival, which if you've read the recent book, um, Reaching the Unreached, ching, um, that's a big part of it is turning people back like a prophet, back pointing them back to God. Like, that's great you got all this other stuff, but that's part of my my message, that's part of my my calling. And so, you know, as you're looking at your church or your your individual life, you can do this for both. I would heavily suggest you forward plan um, for your life personally and for your church because they're not the same thing. You are not your church. You should have your own mission statement on top of your church having its own mission statement. Does that make sense, Pete? Mm-hmm. So then if you go into the vision frame, which I won't spend a bunch of time, but I'll just highlight, there's also um, strategy. How are you going to accomplish this mission? Then there, and usually that's like five things you list out. Um, uh, your values, what are your values? Because there are people that I, I think they, they claw their way. Like I, I trained a guy and he went and took everything we trained him in with the SIN network and he ripped us off and he, he basically took it didn't credit us and started his own thing, got a promotion in his denomination. And, uh, you know, the, the, I watch guys do this kind of stuff where they don't operate by the values of the kingdom. Um, a lot of church plants are, you know, you look at the church plants and they might grow up super big and appear very successful. But when you peer behind the scenes, um, it, there's a trail of broken bodies and bones and blood. It's like uh, they built an empire on the backs of, you know, like the Pharaoh did the Jews, man. He built his empire on the, on the back of slaves that, that people were not valued. They were seen as tools and a means to, the, to an end. And so when you, when you look from afar, oh, it's this cool looking thing. But when you get behind the scenes, people are getting the snot beat out of them or, you know, it's, it's, you know, people are, are feeling used and abused and neglected. And, and so, you know, you got to look at your values and your values are the culture. What do people get when they're around you? You know, what's the value when they, or what's the atmosphere when they walk into your church? That'll be shaped by your values. And so, um, if I look at my personal values, um, these are mine. Um, that everything is built on the foundation of grace. The gospel has to be the foundation of everything. That's my personal one. But the second thing is the gospel has teeth. So I'm not going to, you know, just county code everything. And I've, I've watched the gospel where it says Paul stands before Agrippa and he preaches to Agrippa and he, he says he reasons with him concerning, um, uh, I think it was, um, oh shoot, I'm, I'm losing it. Um, the kingdom of God, self-control and the judgment to come. And, and that's where, you know, Agrippa says, you almost persuaded me to, to, to be a Christian. But Paul's reasoning with him on these things, or it might have been Festus, I can't remember. But those three things, two of those things are sharp. Self-control and the judgment to come. Paul was Paul knew the gospel had teeth. It doesn't just gum and slobber love all over everybody all the time. Sometimes the gospel has a bite to it. And I want to preach a grace-filled gospel that has a bite. 
right? That also still has a, hey, but you're under the judgment of God until then. I don't want to, I don't want to play around. So my third value, it's funny because they're, they're like these two sides of the coin and then there's a balance. No compromise on truth. I don't want to compromise. Pete and I have talked about this before that we will not have certain guests on here, um, that, you know, on our podcast that, uh, it doesn't mean they have to be a Christian. Doesn't mean they have to agree with us on everything. But if somebody is screwing around with truth, we just, we don't, you know, we don't have them on here because there's a no compromise when it comes to the revelation of, of who God is. He, this is a revealed faith. He revealed himself. Number four, first century, uh, first, um, first century first. That's always what I'm going to look to. And number five, um, spirit filled or bust. If I can't do what I do, um, with the Holy Spirit, or if I can do it without needing the Holy Spirit, maybe it's not my deal. Or, uh, lastly, I'm, I'm Holy Spirit of bust means I go all out to make sure I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So those, those five things are kind of like my values. But what about for my church? We have values for a church. We did a whole episode on the values you can do for your church. So anyways, the last thing is your measures, um, which tell you when you're successful. And, um, that would be like, you know, what does a fully formed disciple who's been through your ministry look like? You know, what do they describe them? And that's measures of success for a church. You know, they've been through your church. They've been on mission with you. They've gone through your strategy, been a part of that. Um, they've incorporated your values. Now, what do they look like at the end of that process? So that's it. But, um, so, so you need to know big picture where you're going first and then your goals. You can start to make goals from that. Like, like for example, on the vision frame, the middle part of the frame, that's just the four sides of the frame, the middle, like the picture in the middle is where am I going? You know? Um, so I want to know like for the next year, what should I be focusing on? If that's my mission, if, if that's my strategy, what do I need to focus on? So, um, for me personally, I have goals that I focus on. I have yearly goals and I will have three big goals a quarter that I want to reach. So, um, I don't know, Pete, am I, am I talking sense? Do you do, do you do stuff like this? You know, I used to do, uh, more of it and I haven't in a while. And part of the reason is for me, cause you, you have to also tailor all of this stuff to your own personality type. Yeah. So one of the things that, that would happen to me and I'd notice this is I can get into, the grandiose goals. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. This is how I want to live, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it all starts with taking action. Mm. And it's kind of like, okay, great. So I got all these goals, but big deal if you don't take action. Now I'm much more of an action person and I would benefit, I know, from having, uh, you know, more written goals, but I just, you know, take action. I mean, we, we actually talk about this a lot in the Voxer group with some of the, mm-hmm. with some of the pastors that are in the Bivo Winter Circle, which you can find all about at bivowintercircle.com. And, um, you know, it's, it's, cha-ching. Cha-ching. it just, it, it, you got to take action, right? You can have all these great goals and things that you want to accomplish and the person you want to be, blah, 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 blah. Take some action. Just do it. That's, that's, I would say one of your major strengths, like, I would probably still be thinking and praying about the podcast. 
if I had not, you know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, like I remember we were talking about it and you were like, well, let's go. And I'll never forget. It was kind of like we, there was no way we were ready to start it. And you go, Hey, let's do it this week. And I go, what? Like, don't you want to, I remember saying to you, I go, I'm starting it this week with or without you. Right. Because for me, it was like, well, let's plan it and let's get it. And you're like, let's just do it. Boom. And, and I am convinced that if, <laughs> if it was not for you, we probably still would not have started it. And I'm not saying I'm not a, a an action, like no, I no, do I take understand. a lot of action. Yeah. But, but literally it was like, that was inspiring. Like, and, and you don't know how many times I've just, I think I grew from that a bit, you know, where I was able to go, you just do it. You know, you just, you go for it and you take, you take the action. I've heard this a lot from people that you, you know, because a lot of people, they're perfectionists, you know, and they want everything to be perfect before they launch anything perfect before they start. And I know for you, it's often, well, I'm going to try this and see what results I get because you're very results oriented. Right. And so you'd be like, I remember you even in the conversation we had yesterday where you're like, well, that's what I do is I prototype things and I come back and look at the results and I'm constantly changing what I do. So you're always moving forward. Like standing still planning is hard for you. I would imagine, you know, to a degree, but um, you're starting to like delve into a different world, into the business world. And part of my problem, and I know this about myself is, uh, and we, we kind of talked about this. I think it was our uh, Band of Brothers call that we did. Um, it was. It was Stephanie who it asked yeah. about, you know, uh, the enemy attacking us in business and blah, 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 and, you know, wanted our opinions on it and stuff like that. And I, I would say, like, for myself, um, the thing that's harder for me in business right now is because of my success. Mm. The more success I have, the harder it is for me to, one, to take action because it's kind of like, what do I care? You know, like like I was explaining on the call, financial freedom is when you have more money coming in than you have going out. And when you've got more money right. coming in than you have going out, it's kind of like, eh, you know, do I really need to work? Like December, I did not do much of anything. One, because it's December, and two, I was at the range. Like I was going to say, time. two because of guns. <laughs> I was, I like blew through so much money on ammunition. It's not even funny. Which I'll be going to the range today at three o'clock. If anyone wants to join, um, but uh, <laughs> but we're mapping out on the podcast Pete's descent into poverty. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, um, so. Th- one of the things that I was telling the guys at, at various times in the Bible Winter Circle, you, in some respects, you can't focus on the results. You have to focus on the action needed to obtain the results. Because if you start focusing on the results, when you start getting those results, you get complacent. And it's like, eh, you know, I, I, I got it made, right? But when you focus on the action, this is what I have to do. I got to go to this BNI meeting. I need to go to this chamber meeting. I need to go do a competitive intelligence report for this guy over here. When you're focused on the actions, then the success keeps coming. The results, I should say, keep coming, not necessarily the success, but the results right. keep coming. And, um, along the lines of what you were talking about, like, 
what what would benefit me, and I know this would benefit me, is if I did like you were talking about, come up with, okay, what are my pillars? What do I stand for? And not just be all dreamy about it, but take my my action-oriented self and go, okay, great. Then this is what I need to focus on. And if I just keep focusing on these areas, I stop looking at the results and I focus on the action, then you're going to hit it and you're going to mm. keep going and – that's I don't good. Know if that makes any sense, but no, that makes a lot of sense. I've actually heard very similar things to that. You know, um, Gary Vaynerchuk kind of says very similar things to that. That you know, he'll talk about playing the long game. That's because you know, he listens to the podcast and he copies me. He does. I know. I keep trying. I get so jealous. I'm like, come on, you know, Vayner Nation. It's it's Pete. He's the magic behind the. It's the, Peter the Nation. Chuck. It's Peter Nation. <laughs> It's the Mitchell Nation. So, so here's 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 the deal. Um, when it comes to your church, and I, I just say that as a background because I think you need to know where you're going. I think your church needs to know where it's going, and I think then you can you can extrapolate goals out of those two things. Don't just make goals like oh, I just want to do this. Like find out your mission first. What are you called to? Paul knew his mission from Jesus, right? You may need to spend some time with Jesus to figure out what your mission is, what you're calling. If you don't know that, that's like priority number one. And then your church also, need, you know, what are you called to do? And then here's the thing. Getting down to the, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get down to for your church. I'm, I started off with a direct application saying Easter. It's January. Don't. It's almost February, right? Don't wait until April. And sometimes, man, you know, Easter comes in March. Like, don't wait till after Thanksgiving to start planning for Christmas. You need to be planning for Christmas in August, right? Like, you need to be forward planning. In fact, what I would say for all of you guys right now is map out on a piece of paper January, February, March, Every month and look at it. Well, how can I strategically harness the rhythms of the culture I'm planting in to be about like, you know, to, to use this for the gospel? So, for example, um, you know, uh, I, I find it amazing that uh, God harnesses the census to fulfill prophecy for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. How can you harness the rhythms and, and activities? If you study uh, church planting in China, you'll know that there's this massive migration throughout China every year where people don't work in the communities they live. They have to travel like hundreds of miles, thousands of miles to get to a factory. It's seasonal work, and so there's massive migrations. Well, the gospel has been shifting through that. So what I'm saying is you have to be able to look at the opportunities like Paul did on Mars Hill or, you know, um, just harness the, the, Paul harnessed the, the, the trade routes. That's why he ended up in Corinth and, um, Rome is obvious, but some of these other places were literally he was following the trade routes. So follow the rhythms of your culture. So for example, um, if I look at January, January is a time of new beginnings. So I want to plan out that for two, this is too late now, but in 2019, I want to do some kind of maybe event 
or I want to have a series or I want to have um, maybe, a, a, you know, a, like a group that meets together for fitness and a meetup group um, that's going to eat right, that's going to do this. I want to I want to do some kind of community based starting again. Maybe I join one. Maybe I don't start it. But th- this is how I'm strategically thinking. Then in February, I got Valentine's Day. Why not? Um, you know, advertise like something where you, you, you go, you, you do a Valentine's dinner and you raffle off like six months of marriage count, you know, uh, marriage counseling. People are always saying they can't afford marriage counseling, right? Um, boom, you, you're doing that. Um, March, you got St. Patrick's Day. I, I don't know what you can do with that. Um, <laughs> I stay away from St. Patrick's Day. I've had bad experiences, but, uh, but Easter. That's your big day, man. That's the day where like people are most likely to come to church on those two days than any other time in the year, right? I'm going to make sure that I do something cool. We've had whole episodes about what you do that's not dumb or cheesy or whatever, right? It doesn't have to all be church-based. In fact, you'll notice a lot of this isn't church-based, but on Easter, do something church-based, obviously, because people are going to be at church. You always want to go where the traffic is. Um, May, uh, you're coming up to the end of the year. Um, maybe May is kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm missing something in May. What mother's day? Um, I don't know, man, like be creative. Um, June summer reading, right in Britain. If you're in Britain, uh, they're big on holiday going on holiday somewhere. So summer reading is a big thing. I don't know if it's that big here, but you will see summer reading stuff. It's like a big push for book publishers in the UK because everyone's going to go on a holiday, lay by a pool out in the sun because they don't get sun there. Um, but they're going to go somewhere in the Mediterranean and lay out. And because they're laying out and they're bored, they're going to read books. So you got that. See here, um, here in the States, they, uh, they do that with Netflix. That's when Netflix makes its big push because <laughs> everyone's going to lay by the pool and watch, watch House Netflix. Of Cards. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, there's probably truth to that. So then, you know, summer barbecues, right? Like, do, do the barbecues, man. We talked about doing a reading group um, for our neighborhood, um, you know, last year. That was the target. And then, of course, my mom uh, passed away, and we ended up spending all summer elsewhere. But that was our strategic plan with our neighbors. All of my neighbors read. So we, we put a fire pit in my backyard and said, uh, hey, you know, let's gather all of our neighbors together and get, let's start a reading group. My, my neighbors are like, that's rad. Yeah, let's do that. And then of course we ended up not being here, but I would do that. I would start looking at what we call missional cogs or your small groups, make them missional in the summer, activate them, um, back to school. Um, you do school-based things, right? You approach the principal in May um, and you say, Hey, what can we do? Don't wait until September. It's too late. Approach them in May and, and don't volunteer Things like, hey, we're going to give you backpacks next year. Ask them, how can we bless you guys next year? Tell us what you need and we'll do it, right? Like we're not coming with ideas. We will do whatever you need. Um, you know, and then again and again and again, like I said, October, November, Thanksgiving. I mean, we activated our church in November to get out on the mission field. Um, basically, if you read Reaching the Unreached, cha-ching, that was November. I planned that at the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I would turn the entire church loose into the park for 45 minutes. It ended up being like two, two and a half hours. But those are the things 
that you you want to look at the calendar and say, if I were to do an outreach or if I were to be intentional in small groups or missional communities or what and, – and it's outreach I'm talking about because if you don't plan it, it doesn't happen. Some of this planning needs training. It needs, you know, uh, discipleship. You, you've got to take people away and, and, and teach them how to do this stuff. So you can't just throw this stuff overnight. There's a lot of organization with some of the stuff that needs to be done. You might need to go talk to someone in a local coffee shop. So that's all I'm saying is forward planning is a big deal. You got to have goals and I would do it monthly and I would set target dates out from the month. Like if we do this thing in May, we need to have everything stitched up by February to have this done by. Does that make sense? It does. And I do planning meetings as well. I schedule one or two what I call vision meetings a year. Peter will remember those at Long Beach. We call everyone together, and it's always a focus on mission. I say, hey, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do for the next year or six months or whatever it is. This is our focus, and I share everything with everybody. And I introduce big innovative changes in the church during that time. So I make it exciting. Like, come to this. We're going to have fun. We're going to do this. We're going to have food. And then got some surprises for you, you know, and people are nosy. So they want to come to those. And then I tell them things like, uh, they show up and I tell them, you know, used to be our online giving portal. M O G. Sorry. And so I would introduce those kinds of things. Like right now it'd be push pay. Right. I would be like, hey, push pay is the one I use. You know, let's do blah, yada, yada. And um, I remember when we did that, if we didn't have that vision meeting, we would have been hurting because you remember, Pete, our giving doubled after we introduced online. That's giving. what you said. Yeah. I don't I mean, I wasn't treasurer then, so I didn't I don't I don't know about that. But that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would do all that. I would plan all those things out. I would have seasons of training like but you got to plan this stuff because. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? You're just going to like flow Sunday to Sunday and nothing ever changes and you keep preaching your sermons and people keep coming and sitting there and you never get people mobilized on mission. But this is the apostolic guy in me talking. So a shepherd would be totally different, by the way. You know how we talked about the, the different roles? Um, uh, by the way, you're hearing all an apostolic perspective on this. A forward planning for a shepherd is like, Let's talk about small groups. Where are small groups going? You know, how are we going to disciple the children? How are we going to disciple? They're all about discipleship and relationship. So they will have their own set of agenda. And when you come together as a leadership team, you're going to hit it from the angle that you're at. Our prophets will be like, hey, I, I noticed in these uh, groups here that we don't have anyone with like prophetic gifts or any of the supernatural type gifts. Um, well, you know, we should have a day on that. You know, we, we, where we teach people about that and we, we ask people to, you know, maybe spend some time in prayer and worship and maybe some afterglows, you know, like what we used to call, I don't know what they call them now, but extended times of praise and worship. We used to call it kick out the jams. We had one night a month where we had kick out the jams night and we just worshiped and prayed and people were able to explore their gifts. And it was rad. It was total, totally charismatic. Hmm. It was rad. So, I mean, but these are things that don't happen if you don't plan them. Right. You know? So, that's it. <laughs> well, Let me land the plane. And that's why you should plan. There we go. Thanks I for flying. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Pete, anything to add on that? 
Um, go fight win. I like that. What's that from? I don't know. Ready player one. Oh, smack talks over. Smack talks over. Dang. Missed it. So guys, thanks for joining the church planner podcast today. This has been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. I made my money the old fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.